Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Essie. Talk to you a little bit about the devil in the church. The devil in the church. Amen. You know, uh, everybody that sits up in the church ain't always Christian. And I just want to show you a little something. Turn to the book of Mark, St. Mark, and chapter 1 of St. Mark. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on just for a little bit. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come to you today asking you to help me to preach this, Lord. Help me to teach this to people that need to hear. Lord, people are focusing so much on themselves and stuff and merchandise and whatever they can get from you. But what they don't realize is we should be out there telling people about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is greater than everything. That's the sentence. Jesus is greater than everything. And in these days and times, the way things are going, Lord, we realize that we should be telling more people about Jesus, not about certain books or what happened way back when, but about Jesus, because it's almost too late for us to do so, Lord God. And I ask that you touch every heart and every mind that we do your will and just prophesy. And prophecy is telling people about Jesus. Lord God, help me to teach this and send your Holy Spirit into this conference, Lord God, to this call. And I love you and I thank you for being God all by yourself. In Jesus' holy name, amen. All right, St. Mark chapter 1, and I'll start with verse 21. St. Mark chapter 1, I'll read 21 to 28. And it says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Praise God. Praise God. God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. The first thing we notice, just going to go through and make some quick points. Number one. It says, and they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. What do we get out of that? Even Jesus went into the synagogue. Even Jesus went to church. Okay. Back in the day, they, they, their, their, their church day was on Saturday. 
they went to church. They went to the synagogue on Saturdays. Well, we do Sundays now because things have changed and everything, but God still honors the fact that we honor him. Amen. So you're not going to hell because of the day that you worship him on. In fact, Jesus shows us this in the Bible many times. And and notice something else. The very first sentence, the very first sentence that I read in in verse 21, it says, "And he taught." One of the names of Jesus is teacher. He is a great teacher. Now he didn't go around bragging about how he was a preacher and how he was an apostle and how he did this and what he was and doctor this and and bishop that. Jesus just went into the synagogue and taught. Obviously, he had the authority. He had proven himself to have the authority to teach in the synagogue. Jesus studied the word. We even see in the Bible where Jesus studied the the OT. He couldn't study the New T because he was making the New Testament. Jesus studied the Torah. He studied the Old Testament. He kept up with their traditions and in their holidays and 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 he danced the hora. Amen. <laughs> so it's, it's one thing we notice in verse twenty two it says and they were astonished at his doctrine. Obviously Jesus was teaching them something that they weren't used to hearing. You know, uh we, we get our little ways of doing things, our little laws, our little legalities, and we call it church. And we type out our little constitution and our little bylaws and we get our deacons and deaconesses and everybody to sign the last page and carrying on and and, and, and we get our little five oh one C three and that's church. Jesus didn't need any of it. He didn't need any of it. It says they were astonished at his doctrine. He had godly doctrine. Jesus was God in the flesh. And he, what he said wasn't guessed. See, there's a lot of things we guess on. See, you see, like us, we some people believe in the pre-trib, some people believe in the post-trib. Some people say Jesus is only coming one more time. Some people say Jesus is coming two more times. You know, everybody has their opinion. Some people say we're going to get caught up in the air. Other preachers say that we're going to not get caught up in the air. He's going to come down and get us. And Everybody has their different opinion. We're all, hey, listen, everything that we say down here, nobody is as right as Jesus. Amen. Amen. So when you hear a preacher say something that, that just might sound a little teeny bit off or whatever, don't turn him into a demon or a devil. See, we have a bad habit of labeling people. I've heard people say things wrong before, but I didn't put them in hell and disassociate myself with them. Everybody's entitled to a mistake. If we are not Jesus, we are going to make a mistake. Now, I've heard people, I heard the argument, I had somebody argue with me about it and said, well, if the Holy Spirit's really using you, you're not going to make a mistake. Well, you know, I want to meet the person that the Holy Spirit fills 24-7, I would like, please bring me the person that the Holy Spirit fills 24-7 in front of your face and behind your back when you can't see them. I want to meet that person. The, The only person who is that right, that correct, is Jesus Christ. This is why when he spoke in the temple, when he spoke in the synagogue, everybody just dropped, their, their mouths hung open. 
their bottom lip dropped, and they, they're like, wow, what, what kind of talk is this? Where did he get his authority from? And it says in verse 22, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. So obviously, Jesus was saying something that was stepping on people's toes, amen, opening up people's eyes and making some folks a little uncomfortable. Jesus wasn't tickling ears. Jesus was in the synagogue telling them the T-R-U-T-H, the truth. They said he spoke with authority and not as the scribes. See, nowadays our scribes and our preachers, pastors, teachers, or whatever, they all want to tickle somebody's ears and tell them they're going to get a mink stole in a Cadillac. And that's not, what, that's not prophecy. Prophecy is, is telling people about Jesus Christ. That's what prophecy is. People have it wrong. See, and we, what we've done is we've turned the word of God into prophet, see, <laughs> okay? Prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T dash S-E-E. That is prophecy. Amen. We prophesy about Jesus. That is prophecy. Amen. That's what prophecy is, telling people about Jesus. And even in Isaiah 30, verse 10, the people got tired of hearing the truth. You look and we can write it down, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 10. They said, prophecy no more to us. People didn't even want to hear prophecy anymore. They told they said prophecy no more to us. They didn't want to hear it. And then if you look in Micah three eleven, write that down, Micah three eleven, you'll see where the prophets divine for money. See, so there's different ways that people call themselves prophesying. And Jesus has nothing to do with it. Or they use Jesus for their own personal pleasure. Amen. And then verse 23 says, And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. There he is. Oop, there it is. Amen. There he is. The demoniac sitting up in the congregation. And, and okay, now I'm sure the congregations were somewhat smaller then. Uh, imagine the demoniacs sitting up in the congregations today. Now, here's the question. When these demoniacs walk up in the church <laughs> on Sunday, or whatever day people go, Saturday, Sunday, why do they walk back out of demoniac with the same problems that they had when they walked in? Something's wrong. Where's the authority? Where is the authority? It's gotten to the point. You know, I hate to say this, but it seems like sometimes that, you know, we as Christians, we go too far, like bipolar. I think sometimes it feels like our Christianity is bipolar. And we've got to remember the world is watching. The world can see this. You have on one side of the pole, you have Christians that go to church and they jump and scream and shout and spit and their hair falls off and their shoes break and, and everybody's sweating and they're all wiping each other, wiping their brows and carrying on and yelling. 
and, and everybody's falling out on the floor, foaming at the mouth, acting all crazy and carrying on, and they walk out feeling the same way they did when they walked in. It's just entertainment. People think that the more energy that you put into church, the better you're going to look, the more Christian you are. You know, it's not the energy. It's not the physical, manly energy that you put into the church service that makes it a real service. What makes it a real service is people throwing their canes and their wheelchairs away and arms growing back, feet growing back, hair growing back, gray hair turning black, people's teeth growing back in, people straightening up, those people who were bent over for years with a humpback straightening up and saying, the Lord healed me, that's church. So, and on the other side of the pole, we have the ones that go into church the same with the same sad faces. They go into the church, and, and half of them don't even take their Bible with them. I guess they don't, they feel like they don't need it, or they were told not to. They don't have to worry about taking the Bible. They, you know, just trust the preacher, and they don't want to see it yourself. And 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 half of the preachers don't even tell them what page to turn to. They just open up the Bible and read two or three verses and talk about it for an hour and church is over. And then the people that walked in demoniacs, they walked in with problems and oppression and possession and suppression and all the other eschens, they walked back out with the same suppression and oppression and possession and eschens. They don't change. They walk out the same way they walked in. Then they go home and they tell their friends, oh, yeah, we went to church. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. It was nice. Well, so that see the bipolarism here we have? It seems like we can't find a middle. And trust me, if you are as good as you think you are, half of the United States and people from all around the world is going to be catching buses, planes, and trains to come to your church to get healed to hear about Jesus Christ, to get the healing they've been asking for. So nobody out there can claim that they have arrived. Nobody out there is that good. Let's stay humble, people. Amen? Amen. You don't have the same authority in church as Jesus had when he was in church, okay? Don't claim it. You're not doing 100% of God's will. It's as simple as that. I wish you well, though. I really, I wish everybody well. I wish we all could. I wish we all could, but we're not Jesus. There's only one. Sooner or later, somebody's going to make a mistake. So if, if if Sally says something that just doesn't seem right, don't write her off. Pray for her. You know, if, if, if Bob, if Brother Bob, you see him say doing something or you hear him doing something, it's just maybe it's not like outward sinning really, really bad, but maybe this has a little different opinion about something. Don't put horns on him and call him Satan. They did that to Jesus. They called Jesus Satan. Don't do that. You don't call good bad and call, you don't call what is bad, uh, you don't call good evil and, and call evil good. You know, everybody makes mistakes. Amen. And, 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 you know, if you're calling out somebody else's pedigree, remember that they can call yours out as well. Nobody's perfect but Jesus. Amen. Now, this, this unclean spirit, unclean spirit cried out and said, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? They called him out. They know 
Even the demons and devils know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Praise God. They know. They said who he was, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, why do some of us nowadays have such a hard time remembering his hometown, where he came from? Jesus of Nazareth. They called him out. And then they said, art thou come to destroy us? Because they knew they deserved it. They knew they deserved it. They knew they were wrong. They knew they were in the spirit of the Antichrist. I know thee who thou art. Now they're telling them, we know we know who you are. We know exactly who you are. Now even devils. You're sitting up in, you're sitting up in church. And now, remember, this is all happening in, in the temple, in, in, the, in the synagogue. They're in the church while Jesus is teaching. It, it, put it this way. It's like a, it, a distraction attempt. Have you ever gone to church and you see the same people jumping up and down all the time? You see the same people going to the bathroom while the preacher's preaching. You see the same people going to get a drink while the preacher is preaching. The preacher might be preaching and it might be getting good. You might be getting a few goosebumps on you. And them same five or six little kids jump up and go over to the, the store next door and come back with bags of candy and they crumple the candy bags and eat the candy while the preacher's preaching. Then you have the same hallelujah, the same people that scream and yell and fall backwards and everybody has to catch them and cover them over with a coat so nobody can see up their dress. You have the same actors. You, we have to be very, very careful of how our actions, how we act in church because they could be exactly like this, distraction attempts, delay tactics, Okay. And this is exactly what they're doing. And they call him the Holy One. The whole, look, they said in verse 24, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't that something? Now, if you, that goes to show how, how demons and devils disrespect the Lord. If he is in their teaching to other people and saving other people, trying to get other people saved and trying to tell them the truth, why would these demons distract him and interrupt him? While he's talking, think about that. Selah, it doesn't say a selah moment. Amen. Amen. And then verse twenty-five, and see, Jesus didn't play. He was a serious brother. Verse twenty-five, he said, it says, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, "Hold thy peace and come out of him." Jesus didn't hold a conversation with him. Jesus didn't say, "What do you want? Why are you here?" You know, I had somebody tell me one time. They said that. They have his spirit or something keeps coming to him or whatever, and, and, and they said that they talk to him. They hold conversations with it and all that kind of mess. I said, you better stop holding conversations with that thing. That is not who you think it is. I said, you rebuke them and tell them that in, name, in the name of Jesus and by his blood, leave here now and never return. You don't play. See, Jesus didn't hold a conversation with He said, hold your peace. So you know what that means? A lot of people don't want to accept this because they're so used to reading the King James Version, but hold your peace to us nowadays is shut up. Jesus told them simply, shut up. He said, hold your peace and come out of him. He said, shut up and come out of him. See, Jesus stopped what he was doing. He wasn't so high. He didn't think he was so much better than people that he had to continue on and have his deacons do it for him. Jesus stopped preaching. He stopped teaching and said, shut up and come out of him. He didn't play. 
And if we should do the same thing. And when the unclean spirit, it had torn him. See, the unclean spirit messed this man up. Before it came out, it messed him up, probably bounced him up against a couple pews, a couple walls or whatever. The man might have did some, some somersaults and then and, and tumbled over a few times. See, that's why we got to watch. You know, some of these people in church, <laughs> you got to be very, very careful. Some of these people in church, that you think that they're happy, you think that they're getting blessed, and see, so you got to stay out the way because a lot of times some of them people are getting delivered. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Some of these people are getting delivered, and the enemy is trying to make you think they're getting happy through the Holy Spirit. What's happening is some of his buddies are getting kicked out of them. So a lot of times when you see these people foaming at the mouth and rolling and, and, and jumping and kicking the floor and all that mess, they're getting delivered. Now, if Satan was, if, if the demons were sitting up, if Satan's sitting up in the church while Jesus is teaching, he is always trying to distract you and keep you from doing what the Lord, what she could, hallelujah, would have you to do. That's the message. Just got it. Amen. Praise God. Satan will come in the church to stop you from doing God's will. So what would stop him from coming to your home or to your job and your family to mess you up? If he's sitting up in the the church crib, he's sitting up in the church messing with folks, messing with Jesus, trying to stop Jesus. He's trying to stop God from helping people. So what makes you think he's not going to try to stop you from helping people? You have got to keep on. When your eyes get baggy and itchy and you can't sleep at night, you've got to keep on. When your stomach hurts, you might have a viral flu or something, and when you're dizzy and you're almost walking sideways, you've got to keep on. Know that Jesus is healing you. By his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, you were healed. That is past tense. Claim it, you're already healed. Make it through that thing and know that God's going to pull you through. When the doctor gives you a bad report, whose report are you going to believe? Believe the report of the Lord. Keep on. Keep going through. Don't stop. Don't stop. One of the major things that you can do right now that would be a a fatal mistake is to stop. Whenever people are teasing you and making you feel bad and you don't feel like you'd fit in with other people, Don't stop. If you're walking through a path, if you're walking down the street and you look around and there's nobody by your side, the Bible says two by two and you feel like you're one by one, don't stop. Jesus walks with you. Hear it? Do you hear it? Don't stop. If you go to church and them demons start picking on you, because you know there's a lot of people with open doors. Mm Mm-hmm. They could wear the reddest, prettiest dress and have the cutest high heels and a nice clutch bag and and a hat cocked to the side all they want to, and they could be the biggest demon sitting up in the church. All right? And vice versa with the men as well. When somebody in church, you know, I was watching um, TV this morning. There was a brother on TV talking about how people, church people, they listen to you when you're praying and carrying on. When you go up there to the altar and stuff, people stand around listening to you. And while you're praying for something, they're praying against it that you don't get it. There is witchcraft in the church, honey. This is why we all have to keep a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because some of the people you depend on are some of the ones that you have no business talking to. 
talk to Jesus first, and he'll show you who to talk to. And that way everybody ain't labeled bad, and I'm not trying to scare anybody or anything, but there are some devils up in the crib, all right? Amen. And you, you, you hold thy peace and come out of him, Jesus said. And it says and when it came out, it tore him, and it, came, it, came, it cried with a loud voice, and he came out of him. I was watching T.D. Jakes on TV the other day, on the, on, the, on the Internet the other day. I was watching a video. It was good. It was really about his daughter's uh, wedding and everything. I can't think of the name of the video, but it was awesome. I know it started out with his daughter's wedding, and, and it was beautiful. But he's preaching. I think that's the one I was watching. He was preaching, and somebody way back in the back start to scream. Yeah, and they're yelling, screaming. I know you've heard this before. You ever watch a convention or, or, or some kind of gathering, Christian gathering, and there's always that one one or two people who want to scream real loud and everything? Let them scream. Don't stop them because they may be getting delivered. If they, they, When you hear somebody crying with a loud voice like that, something's coming up out of them. Bind it in Jesus' name and send it to dry places and then fill them. Pray for them and fill them up with the Holy Spirit. We ask God to send the Holy Spirit to fill them up with wisdom and love and joy and peace and a sound mind. And so he cried with a loud voice and came out of him. And they were all of Everybody was amazed. Oh, all the preachers and the pastors and the teachers, the, dish, the bishops and the deacons and them. <laughs> it was like, What? They were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves. See, the reason they start questioning among themselves is because they never did it before. How could this – look, obviously they didn't do it before, right? The guy's sitting up in their church, and, 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 and God only knows how many years he's been there. And then Jesus comes in, this guy gets delivered. Duh, you know, it doesn't take a scientist to figure out. The fact that these people didn't have the power of God to heal that person. And that person may have been coming to church for years, sitting up in a church full of the devil. And then they said, what thing is this? And you know what gets me when I saw that, verse 27 in the middle, what th- 27B I call it, what thing is this? Now they could be talking about the instance, you know, the thing that happened at the time, the, the, what, the uh, what you call the, uh, what, the instance that Jesus Killed that man, that special moment. But you know what gets me? When Jesus was born, if you look in the Bible, I, I want to say Matthew. I want to say uh, the Old uh, New Testament Matthew or something. When Jesus was born, the angels, he was so awesome, the angels didn't even know what to call him. They called him a thing. And, and, and that's what gets me. They called him a thing, that holy thing they called him. I want to say Matthew uh, 1 or 2, somewhere in there. I was trying to find it while I was talking to you. I don't think I'll be able to find it here. But the angel, he was so beautiful, they called him that holy thing. I think that is so awesome. So here here we go with the thing again. And and the same thing happens here, you know. They said, that thing, what, what doctrine is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits. And why would they say it like that? For he has authority. Wow, he really gets the job done. You know? What, with authority, he commands even, even the unclean spirits. What do you mean even the unclean spirits? Weren't you supposed to be doing that? And it says, and they do obey him. 
So either they weren't doing it, they didn't want to put their hands on it, they didn't want to tackle it, which is one of the things we're supposed to do, lay hands, the president be supposed to lay hands on folks and pray for them. They didn't want to tackle it, so which it shows you right there they were half doing their job, walking around with robes on and collars, trying to look high, high and mighty. It wasn't, wasn't even, what, how's the Bible say? Let me get it together here. This is a going around looking godly and lacking the power thereof. There's a lot of people. Be careful how you judge folks who's a real Christian and who's not, because some of the ones that look like they are aren't, and some of the ones that, that don't look like, like, like they are are. Be careful how you judge people. Amen. And verse 28, and it says, Immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. His fame spread because he got the job done. The devil was sitting up in the church, and it took Jesus. That that lets us know that nobody, no name, nobody else's blood, no other sacrifice, no goat, no bull, no ram, no chicken blood, that's for y'all voodoo folks out there to think you can really do something to people because Jesus is watching you and he's got, you know, he has our backs. And what you do to us will come right back on you. What goes around comes around. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And all, that all, all, capital A, capital L, capital L, all that rise up above me shall fall. So no blood, no other name gets rid of evil, but Jesus Christ. So from now on, let's focus on teaching people about Jesus Christ. That would be your blessing. Are you saved? If you're not saved, just listen, follow me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on a cross and rose three days later from the dead. And I, be, I want you for my savior. I love you. Teach me your ways. Thank you, Jesus, and amen. And if you did that, God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Go find a Bible-believing church that believes in tongue-talking. Hallelujah. A church that goes by the Bible and not by anything else. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And don't forget to pray for Israel. Reverend Essie signing off. God bless you.